On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking to Asha Dornfest. She's a wife and mother, a podcast host, and an author of Parent Hacks. Her book is absolutely incredible. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is a show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mom entrepreneurs. Asha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is so long in coming. Yes, it has been, and I'm so excited that this is finally happening, that you're on here. I'm so excited to chat with you. It has been a long time since we've seen each other, and I'm just, I'm really looking forward to it. So, Asha, can you share your journey, how you got started with Parent Hacks, and um, what you're up to now, and then we'll go from there. Sure thing. Well, it's a long journey. It actually started over 10 years ago when I started my blog, ParentHacks.com, which of course is not exactly the first step in the journey. You know, it was, I became a parent, you know, a number of years before that. But, um, you know, at the time, this was 2005, um, the internet and the blogosphere specifically was sort of a new frontier. And I was a relatively new parent, um, feeling really out of my depth and without a lot of community. And um, the parenting experience just wasn't what I <laughs> what I expected. I think so many of us feel that way when we become parents. But um, I had been writing about the internet already for, for a number of years. I wrote books about web publishing right when the web was getting started. And so I understood that the web really was this fertile ground for community. And blogs were, you know, blogs have been around, but they were still relatively new. And it just occurred to me that a blog would be a perfect place to share the tips that we stumbled onto ourselves, the stuff that we weren't reading in the parenting books Mm -hmm. or in the parenting magazines, which were the main way people sort of got their info. And um, I just wanted a way to share all that information. I was learning as a parent, but also really sort of put the call out to parents out there saying, what's working for you? So um, I I launched ParentHacks.com in December 2005, and it just really took off, not just with moms, but also with dads. It just became a place to share those, you know, parenting life hacks that you sort of stumble upon that are so helpful and so practical. And it was just this incredibly generous and intelligent community that grew up around this blog. And it... uh, I mean, it it basically set me on a path for the next 10 years. So that's the beginning of the story. Um, From there, you know, I went on to really, I would say, you know, I'm always a little hesitant to call myself an entrepreneur because I I really am sort of an accidental business person in many ways, Um, although I've been a professional writer for many years. Um, But Parent Hacks really, you know, I feel like I grew as the Internet grew. And Mm -hmm. the business opportunities that came to me were very much a part of the beginning of the blogosphere as a place for business. And so um, that's changed for me over the years. Now, I would say I very much call myself, you know, a writer, a writer of books, Mm -hmm. articles, things like that, and very much a part time writer. I'm I'm not even, you know, sort of doing it full bore constantly, but um, it's been an incredible journey. I'm very, very fortunate. it's beautiful just <laughs> listening to you. It, it truly oh, is. thank so you. So what kind of writer were you before you started your blog? What were you doing as a job? Well, I was, um, I have been self-employed for 
over 20 years, which wow. really freaks me out to actually say that because it was really not in the plan. I mean, I'm, I'm actually a really good employee. I'm good at following directions. I like having a boss. You know, I'm not your typical um, sort of renegade, want to do my own thing entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I came back um, from travels a long time ago it, and the Internet was just something very new, in fact, introduced to me, by my programmer visionary husband, um, you know, both of us came back from travels without jobs and sort of asked that question of ourselves a long time ago. What should we do? And I've always loved writing. I've always been a writer. And so um, I put out some book proposals for writing a book about how to publish a web page and how to write HTML. And at the time, it was so new that publishers were like, sure, write the book. We don't know who you are, but you know, sure, write the book. So it was a lucky break, I think. That's incredible. So you came back so rejuvenated. And I feel like we, our creativity peaks when we're relaxed and when we're doing, you know, with the mind and body. And and so when you came back, you sent this book proposal. That's incredible. What a perfect time. And then you, did you start writing like a ton of books after that? Or was it just that one book? No, I wrote quite a few books. So I've written eight books total. And um, all of my books before my most recent. So my most recent book is Parent Hacks. I wrote a book based upon the blog, uh, Best of the Blog. Before that, another parenting book called Minimalist Parenting. But all my books before that are how-to books, like dummies-type books, about Mm -hmm. web publishing software. So the most popular of those was Microsoft Front Page for Dummies. Remember Microsoft Front Page? So I wrote that, like, in 1996, really long time ago. So, you know, it's it's a very – it's my story is somewhat dated because it very much – connects itself to the beginning of this whole new technology and a way of communicating. And I found myself there able to use it. So it was very much, but I mean, I think what's useful for your, you know, your audience Mm -hmm. is that it was very much a moment where I saw a new opportunity and I just sort of took it without, I did not have a business plan. I didn't have a big, huge, um, it wasn't a big, plan for world domination. It was more like, this is a really interesting technology that can solve a problem I'm having right now. And in, and in my case, you know, when it came to parenting, the problem was just a lack of community. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. When sure. you sent your book proposal, like where in the world did you get that idea? And weren't you scared? <laughs> um, are you talking about the original book proposal that for, original, you know, how to, yeah, yeah. I was not scared. And that is because I had never done anything like that before. I think so many of your audience could identify with, you know, I started it. If I knew then what I know now, maybe I would have been scared. Sometimes there is something to be said for just charging ahead into something that you're not familiar with because all you've got is your enthusiasm and your energy and your excitement and sense of purpose. And, you know, it's not to say one shouldn't plan, but I think uh, there's something there's something to that. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I, I completely agree. And yeah. that's okay. So you went off to write so many books after that. And then mm-hmm. uh, you started your website, Parent Hacks. And I feel like you created the most beautiful community of parents who Thank want you. to raise good children. What is your secret? Because there's so many blogs out there. There's a gazillion blogs out there on parenting, especially right now. But how did you 
separate yourself in in such a unique way. And separate is not the right word. A uh, word. How did you stand out? How were、mm. you able to build that community?、Mm-hmm. Well, I think.、Um, I- I always have to give credit a little bit to timing, and this is not to be, you know, of sort of falsely modest. Of、um, but when you know, it was such a small community when I started.、Um, I think that、um, in in many ways it was easier just by virtue of the fact that it was a smaller number of people who were creating blogs, and blogs were relatively new.、Um, and also, there wasn't social media and another way for people to really communicate. So, you know, there really was a sort of a Sweet spot for blogs back at that time, which is not to say that one can't start them now for sure.、Mm-hmm. But、um, you know, I think that was definitely part of it for me.、Um, I think the other thing about my blog was at the time,、um, parents and specifically moms who were talking online were mostly talking in sort of more of a personal journaling way.、Mm-hmm. It was more of a you know sort of sharing my you know sharing one's personal experience you know really from the inside and. From the beginning, my blog Parent Hacks was always a resource, more of a resource blog. It was more of a, you know, hopefully this will be useful for you. This tip, and it was really geared toward being useful and helpful, as opposed to telling my own story.、Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, I've always been more of a how-to writer than a literary or memoir writer,、mm-hmm. even though I love memoir、mm-hmm. um, and tried my hand at it at various times.、Um, I feel most comfortable in the community role. And I think that really showed, you know. And so,、um, I think that was one piece.、Um, it was always just very straightforward and、um, focused on the user, focused on the community members.、Um, and I think the other thing was that the tone was—it was light, but it was also positive.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being authentic in the beginning of the blogosphere—you didn't even talk about being authentic because, of course, that's what you were. I mean, it wasn't. Wasn't really a tactic. It wasn't really a strategy. It was just what we were, and so that has just continued. That's just my natural way of being. I don't claim it as some sort of, you know,、um, I don't know. It, it it was just always a very natural place to talk. That's very interesting. I feel like、mm-hmm. people are really. I mean, I know that people are really attracted to people who are very open. And and to my understanding, you wrote your blog from a personal perspective. Although teaching, but in a very vulnerable way, like, "Hey, this is what I just found out," or "This is、yeah. what I discovered," which is very, very attractive. And you know how they say marketers ruin everything. And so right now, if you look at blogs, marketers completely, completely ruin them. And of course, it's not to say again that you know don't start a blog, but I'm just like,、yes. I, I feel like you have to work extra hard for them. But I also have to say is that. You know, in two thousand five, blogs were the the new thing, and that got、yeah. you to where you are.、Yeah. But I want to encourage our live listeners right now: is that it, it doesn't have to be a blog. Today, there are、oh, so、no. many different outlets. Like, for example, Periscope was so hot last year, and I guess it is still. But so many people created businesses around the content that they were. Talking about on Periscope, it's incredible, and think of it as a mini live、Absolutely. audio blog. And so, I, I I love that you so openly said that timing was really right for you, and I completely agree.、Yeah. You can't, I can't compare myself to you and start a parenting blog and be successful as you are. Um, in the in the time that you were, so、um, no comparisons here, just inspiration.、Mm. Um, yeah. So. How did you get people talking? How did you get the parents talking and interacting with you? Because I know that they were 
a big source of inspiration for the book. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my blog is basically, you know, 90% other people's contributions. I mean, that was what, what, was, what it was always meant to be. And, um, you know, to be clear, had social media existed when I was sort of in that place of needing community and wanting to talk to other parents, I'm sure that Parent Hacks would have been a social media account because the, you know, the, the, the responding and commenting is just built right in. Um, that was the beauty of a blog for me. So, so I think it's really important that we're talking about the fact that it doesn't certainly doesn't have to be a blog. I mean, we're it's just the authentic part of it was the the desire for communication and community, and the way that I got parents talking. I mean, I think there was a natural aspect of conversation because they were the ones that were sharing their tips, and so um, you know, Parent Hacks is all about highlighting parents' actual tips. In fact, exactly. I'm still collecting tips today using the Parent Hacks hashtag, mostly on Instagram. And I think there's a there's a natural feeling, A, of wanting to say, you know, to respond to something that is useful and say, hey, that's really cool. That actually really helped me out. There's something, a natural impulse that we have to respond to that. And there's also, I think, a natural impulse to want to have some recognition for the little things we do every day that mm-hmm. go unrecognized. So and so, I know for me, you know, nobody was standing around my house ready to give me a medal when I, you know, clean, change someone's diaper, for example. It's a really nice thing as a parent to have some recognition. And that was another thing that, that really came out of, of this community. And so it's, it, it, the conversation's really built in. It's not like, uh, it's not a matter of having to sort of push a button to get engagement. Um, I, that's never felt great for me anyway. And I mean, I think to be clear, I think that's part of the reason why, I, while I would say I've absolutely had incredible success, I'm not a, I'm not a viral star. That's never been my, that's not my strength. And I think that's because um, I, well, I wouldn't say because. I, I would say that I focus much more on the people in my community than the sort of mechanism of transmitting the message. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, that has helped me feel really connected to the people that I'm talking to. I think that helps people want to talk back to me. Exactly. You know, they see me as a person, not as a publication. And that's Mm. what I am. So so beautiful. It's quotable, tweetable. They see me as a person is not, and not as a publication. I love that. So during your many years of publishing on parent hacks, Mm -hmm. Did you ever start making money from the website itself? Yes, yes. So there were, I, I would say there were a few good years. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and again, much of that has to do with the sort of rise and fall of money in the blogosphere in terms of advertising and, and sponsored content and all of that stuff. Um, I'm a much more talented community organizer and manager than I am a sort of hustler and entrepreneur. And so... Uh, the other very important detail I feel compelled to share is that I, um, I'm married, and I'm married to a person who has a really good job. <laughs> so I, um, you know, if I had the responsibility of, uh, you know, supporting our family with what I'm doing, I would have made very different choices than I do now. Oh, I have so a lot of luxury to, you know, say, sure, I'll do this project. No, I don't want to do that project. It's really okay if, you know, the, you know, the money follows later. You know, I got a lot of leeway um, that many people don't have. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think it's really important to point that out because I think a lot of people just don't, it, sometimes it's easy to look at what other people do and realize, oh, you know, why can't I do that? But, you know, I really do have someone paying the utility bill over here. So 
it's a lot easier for me. Um, that said, um, I've done a number of um, sponsored um, campaigns with various brands. I've done um, a whole bunch of different things over the years. I've done video programs. I've done, you know, I have a podcast now called Edit Your Life Show, and we accept sponsorships for the podcast. So, yes, I mean, there have definitely been um, some really good years. But um, honestly, these days, it is not a big money-making operation over here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's extra, you know, supplemental income for our family. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, the extra supplemental income is great, but I feel like where it has gotten you is so much greater. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I know what you mean. And so, you know, again, it's, it's, I'm in a pretty privileged position because I really, I do feel that way. And I feel like I've been able to afford to do that, you know, and I feel really lucky because, um, I think most people, you know, those of you who are really interested in, you know, hopefully writing a book someday, writing a book is, it's such a, it's an amazing experience and it's an amazing thing to see your, you know, your words in print and, and to have a book out that's out there in the world. But, you know, I think it's important to realize that it's very much a spin of the roulette wheel in terms of income. Some books do really, really well and make, you know, their authors and publishers lots and lots of money. Most, you know, it's sort of not, most of them don't. And, um, and so it really, I think all of this that we're talking about, it has to be a labor of love. And, um, you know, which is not to say there aren't business models that can be profitable, you know, for writers and online community people. I mean, certainly there are. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that, um, you know, my career is a good example of, you know, I'm not making a lot of money, but the experiences I've had, the people that I've met, the access that I've had um, to amazing, um, just learned people. I've, I've been able to travel because of my blog. I was able to travel to Ethiopia with the one campaign and learn about, you know, the work that they're doing. I, I, it's just, these are opportunities that are unbelievable and worth everything for both me and my family. So can I ask you this? Uh, you had, I think I saw somewhere on your site where you had this opportunity to work with Invisalign. Mm, Can you share a little bit about that? This has been a really great, um, it's been a, it's been a wonderful campaign. And, um, I basically, I'm part of what's called their, um, mom advisory board. Mm -hmm. And they have a number of, um, bloggers, influencers that work together with them to try out the treatment in exchange for, you know, telling the story of, of what the experience is. And I have been doing that. It's been great. Really great. So, so in in some cases, you know, the campaigns are like that. In some Mm -hmm. cases, you know, another um, another brand that you know, it's funny. I I do so few sponsored campaigns, very very few, only when it's a really good fit. Mm -hmm. And the other campaign that I'm working on right now is with Embassy Suites, which I really enjoy because they're a great family travel. They're just a really great family travel option, and family travel is a huge source of hacks, you know, for parents and stuff like that. So I've been, um, that's been, that's been a lot of fun too. So those are sort of the two that I'm working with right now. And then I do a number with, with organizations that I care about. There's no compensation involved. I just, you know, help try to amplify those messages. No, that's beautiful. It's a, it's a great way to give back. Now, how did you, did you seek out these opportunities or did, since you had such a huge influence online, did they come to you? They came to me. 
I don't seek out sponsored opportunities. Wow. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> because it's not my um it's it's not something I want to spend, you know, uh, like a big proportion of my time doing. Yeah. You know, I need I have, you know, a certain amount of space in my sort of schedule and 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 mind for that and um and so I only really want to do those um partnerships that are a really of good course. fit and so generally those are the folks that find me. So, yes. Mm. And let's let's go back just a little bit. You mentioned that and I, I'm so thankful that you're so vulnerable and you just really put everything on the table. Like you you came from a different position than a lot of mom entrepreneurs nowadays where your husband had a good paying job and you were kind of like just relaxed doing what you love and seeing experimenting. Yeah. Um and obviously you mentioned your decisions were different than if they were, uh, you know, intention to make money. But sure. I, I would love to hear um, if you could share what would be the different decisions um, to make money. Like, what were some of the things that you've done that you have you wouldn't have done if you were trying to make money off of it, or mm-hmm. that you would have done? Right. So I think, um, you know, I, I would say that, you know, 2007 was sort of a big turning point for Parent Hacks because mm-hmm. um, I think at that stage, I, there was a moment where I really could have turned it into a business. And I think a thriving business. Um, um, there, it, it's not as simple as I decided not to because I was just having a good time. There were actually some family issues going on at that time that really, you know, some stuff going on with my kids that made it that I really needed to step back from, you know, my working life and spend hours, you know, at home. And so, um, but at the time, I think had I had the time available, had that been my path, I would have really thought early on about bringing people into the business with me. So it's it's always just been me. Um, I've never, uh, you know, had really assistants or, you know, editors or writers or whatever. Um, you know, in order to really grow and scale the business, I would have needed to bring on partners um, and or writers um, and sort of put myself in more of a coordination editorial role, a manager, a manager role, as opposed to just sort of being the person who's doing the blogging and chatting with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important. And I would have needed to really, you know, step back and um, be a lot more intentional about how I use my time um, focusing on, you know, understanding, you know, where the money was coming in, where I was spending my time, understanding how the market was changing, understanding, you know, really focusing on that and also focusing on, um, you know, what the audience was wanting from me rather than just sort of naturally and in an intuitive way going where the conversation wanted to go. So, you know, basically just being a lot more formal about my business intentions. Very interesting. I'm so happy that you shared that with us. Uh, because it completely makes sense um, to hire um, the editors and to have like a full blown. I mean, this could have been like the Huffington Post of parents. And well, you know, it's funny. I had some people really saying, you know, this could be really big, and I had some very, you know, trusted folks that I was working with uh, at the time that were just really saying, this is what you need to do, and this is what you need to do, and and you know, I seriously just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't. I mean, what what. My strength really is in the conversation. And so I'm not saying this because, you know, uh, I mean, I, I so admire the 
women that have really taken up the business charge and have really discovered this on this bent for entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a couple of friends, a couple of folks that are just coming to mind. Um, Liz Gumbiner and Kristen Chase of Mm coolmompics.com and Anna Fader of of mommypoppins.com. And um, my co-author of my previous book, Christine Coe, she's also my Edit Your Life show co-host, podcast Mm co-host, incredible entrepreneurs. Her site is called bostonmamas.com. These these women, I mean, they they are business people. They're professionals, and they know what they're doing, and they really go for it. And I I stand in awe of them. I I completely admire them, but I sort of know what my strengths and desires are. And, And mine was really more in the community sort of realm. I love that you share that. It's yeah. not everybody. But it was an journey. intentional choice. You yeah. know, I think that's the, that's the main thing I want to say. And for them, it was also an intentional choice. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's so many different um, entrepreneurs doing so many different things. And it's so important for us to sit back and, and really think, what do we want for me, for my family? And yeah. that's just, that's such a, you're such a beautiful example of that, Asha. Oh, and, thanks. Thank amazing. you. So let's let's move a little bit away from the business side and talk about family. How were you able to manage family while writing this blog, while writing the, the other books? What were your days like? Right. Well, um, you know, early on when my kids were younger, um, somehow it felt easier. And I think it's not... <laughs> It has nothing to do with the fact that they were younger or I was somehow more more organized. Is that the internet, what you did on the internet was a lot smaller back then. Meaning, um, when you wrote a blog post, you wrote a blog post and you published it. And then you sat back and waited for the comments to come. You didn't write a blog post and then tweet about it and then think about, you know, a video and then Facebook. and So it, there is a lot more work involved now in actually um, sort of maintaining an online presence than there used to be. So it was very much something I could do part-time. And I could fit it into those little slots of time that come up somewhat unpredictably when you're a parent of younger kids. Um, and so... You know, it's funny. There were there were a few years there where um, one of my kids was really, really struggling, and we really uh, and also at the same time, my husband had an internet startup, <laughs> so we had an entrepreneur in the family. Uh, it wasn't me exactly; I was the one who was at home doing what I was doing, and somehow I managed to continue not only to do my blog but to grow it. And um, it all happened in the in between spaces because this was not a you know it wasn't a situation where I really had time set aside. Once the kids started school, it was a little bit easier, um, although it was still unpredictable because those school days were very unpredictable for one of my kids. Um, so I would often get calls during the school day. I would have to come. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> it, it was it was not straightforward, but it was, it was very part-time. I think that's the main thing that I want to say. So that's how I was able to do it. And I would, uh, I was never working in the evenings. Um, sometimes, you know, I would get up early before everybody else did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was it was a pretty relaxed thing. Um, again, you know, I point to my, I think if I were running a company that way, it, w- it wouldn't work. I mean, you know, people that I would be managing would need a lot more structure than that of and course. a lot more predictability. So of um, part of my reasoning for keeping it pretty um, casual was so that I could continue fitting it into the spaces around my family life. Mm. That is so beautiful, and that's so important. And not obviously, not everybody can do that. But I, I mm-hmm. love that. You and not everyone that. wants to do that, and not everyone yeah. should do that. So this yeah. is—I in no way 
think that, um, you know, women, mothers specifically, should, with big quote marks, I want to make sure my, <laughs> you know, there is no one way one should do this. And I think that, um, you know, I happen to know that my strength is in community um, engagement. Um, other people ha- might have bigger ambitions or might have different strengths, and I just really encourage people to, you know, to empower themselves and to value that in themselves Mm -hmm. and to say, I have every right to carve out space for what it is that I'm doing. So, um, you know, my choices were intentional, but are in no way what I think necessarily other mothers should do if they want to. So how do you don't want to? Yeah. And I I thank you so much for sharing that message. It's absolutely beautiful and exactly what mothers need and what I need. Um, So how did you know what your strengths was did you do some kind of like test or did you just really realize that while building parent hacks i realized it while building parent hacks Mm -hmm. for sure and i would say the same for many of the women that i just mentioned you know uh i was talking to anna fader of mommypoppins.com not Mm -hmm. so long ago and she just sort of turned around and realized you know what i'm really good at this business stuff you know and she discovered that while she was doing it while she was growing her business Mm -hmm. and you know, time and time again, I, I've seen there, there's so many amazing women in the community that I'm a part of. And I've just seen them grow to create these incredible businesses, you know, that not only empower them, but empower other women and other moms. And so um, but it was it's you know, it's a learn as you go thing. I think any entrepreneur would say that, you know. Yeah, I completely agree. So you've built this beautiful online influence presence. I don't know how how I can say that in uh, lesser words, but it, you know it took you it took time it took a long I mean quite you know few years, and it gave you the opportunity to travel to do all these things. How did your and I mean and this is the show where we really focus on that the really important stuff like how do you, how were you able to communicate this with your husband how are you on the same page he's an entrepreneur mm-hmm. too so yeah. what were the dynamics like what were the conversations like oh what a great question um so i'm a hugely lucky person because i am not only married to you know an entrepreneur who's pretty nimble about you know his own career um he also you know we're also partners. I mean, partners in every sense. And um, so we've always sort of viewed our family life, you know, in a holistic way in that, you know, there is work to be done. Some of that work happens in a workplace. Some of that work happens at home. And so, and that workplace may be in the home. It may be at an office. It may be, you know, so we sort of divide it up that way. And so, um, you know, for example, um, most recently when I was writing Parent Hacks and I went out on a book tour in order to promote it after it was published, my book tour happened in the spring, um, my husband actually took time off from work so that he could just be home. And, I mean, he's doing the cooking, he's doing the laundry, he's doing everything. And, um, you know, we, we again, let's just be clear that, you know, we're lucky that we've had, an, you know, good enough jobs that we could put some money in the bank to be able to do this, yeah. um, you know, and be flexible you know, enough to be able to sort of um, play with the hours a little bit. Mm -hmm. But 
that's not to say that it's just been, you know, smooth sailing for all these years because, come on, you know, what marriage is smooth, smooth sailing from exactly. the beginning until the end? It's just not. So, we, you know, we have, we've had to negotiate over the years. And um, I've had to be really clear in myself uh, what it is I even want and what I'm asking for. And that's a process, too, because, you know, as much as I am so grateful for everything that Parent Hacks has made possible for me. There were certainly periods of angst where I thought, what am I doing? I don't, I'm not sure what I'm doing. You know, there were periods where I wasn't sure of myself and where I would try something and then realize, I don't really like doing that. And actually, I'm not that good at it. Mm. You know, so it's sort of a an experimental um, learn-as-you-go situation, not only with the actual business, but also with the life balance with my husband. So we would, you know, sort of set something up and then see if it worked. And then if it wasn't working, we'd have to renegotiate. And But it was, you know, it was an ongoing communication process. And, you know, we kept having to really remind ourselves that we're on the same team here. We have the same goal. Because sometimes, we, you know, there was conflict. And um, especially when kids are young, because there's just not enough time to go around. You know, mm-hmm. people, he wasn't getting the time he needed for himself. I wasn't getting the time I needed for myself. Mm-hmm. And so you're bound to argue about that. Exactly. You know, I mean, my husband and I obviously. It's like, so hard. I, yeah, it, it is very hard. It and, is. Um, communication is very important. And I love that you mentioned um, know what you want. And in, in, in the very beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I remember, I I don't exactly remember what I was asking of my husband, but I was asking for something and he couldn't quite understand what I was asking. And then he asked me, he's like, what do you want? Like, (laughs) what do you, and I just like, I gave him this puzzled look because I had no idea. And so it's, I love that you put such an emphasis on it. Like you really have to know what you want and what you, what you envision your life uh, to look like. Right. I mean, I I love this. And I I think, you know, it's, 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 you know, knowing what you want and what you want your life to look like sounds so huge and significant. And, you know, it's not to say you have to know what you want everything to look like. You know, it's not like um, you you might just have a glimmer of an idea of what you want your next step to be. So I think maybe to make it more accessible, you know, maybe get clear on what you want your next step to be and ask for help getting to that step. And then you can get to that step and sort of look around from there and say, okay, yeah, yeah, I think this is the right direction. All right, then let's go to that next step. And, um, you know, I talked about this. Actually, I was uh, I was a speaker at the World Domination Summit, which I'm sure you know about. And one of the things I talked about was course correction, the notion that you can go to a place, you don't necessarily, you, you need to have a general idea where you want to be at the end of the journey, but it's not always obvious how the best way to get there is. And sometimes you just need to take that first step and then navigate from that location. And I think that really helps when it comes to talking to a spouse. Because, I mean, who of us really knows in a big, big way, this is how I want my life to be. I mean, exactly. sometimes we don't even know until we are there. Exactly. And, you know, and you can't predict, especially with young kids, you can't predict, you know, what's happening this year versus next year. So, oh, I yeah. Can- Oh my goodness, we can talk about this forever. Oh yeah, and I'm a big fan of, of you know, surrender because, yeah. you know, control is overrated and it's, a, it's an illusion anyway. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. And so. going back to like the vision, the seeing, it, it's so true. It, I, I 
always see it like a corner. Like I'm walking beside a building and I need to get to that corner. I have no idea what's around that corner. But I just, I can see that corner and I'm going to get to it. And once I get to it, I can see further to the, around the other corner, uh, corner or whatever. And and I completely agree because even though I am a visionary, I have a visionary strength, I I still need to go back and look very close ahead without knowing what's around that next checkpoint. And so, right. yeah, oh, that's so well, good. And if you, you know, if you get to that corner and you see something you don't expect yeah. um, around that corner, you can decide at that point, like, hey, that's cool. Um, I'm going to go that direction. Exactly. I, let me tell you, that's like how I've done my whole career. Exactly. Um, or you can get to that corner and say, no, I'm just going to keep going this way. But you can't make the decision ahead of time. Exactly. And so I think that should give us all a little a little bit of um, comfort, actually. Um, because maybe there's an expectation out there that somehow we should have it all figured out. And I just don't think it's even possible to have it all figured out. And so I think it's much, uh, it's just more practical. And I think it also gives us breathing space to be a little more flexible in our planning, you know, have a general sense of where we want to go. Certainly, you know, intentional, but understanding we don't have control over the whole shebang. Yeah, yeah. And can you talk a little bit about planning? How far do you plan and what's your planning look like? Do you even plan? <laughs> oh, this is, yeah, nobody should, nobody should follow my example on this one. <laughs> but please share because I feel uh, like I'm a lot like you. Yeah, no, I, it's not that I don't plan at all. I write a lot of lists, and so I, um, I, I write in a journal. So I am always thinking about, you know, sort of what's next and all of that. I, I would not say that I am a strategic planner. I would say that I'm an intuitive planner. And so um, because anything that I do really sort of needs to be grounded in what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I would not be one of those people that looks at the market and looks for, a, you know, sort of an opportunity in a market and then fills it because if it's not relevant to me and my life or something that I truly care about, I'm going to have a hard time talking with a lot of passion and exactly. passion about it. So, yeah, my planning like, is pretty intuitive. I feel like we both really lead with our hearts and very, yeah. very intuitive. And I'm the same way. And having a business it has been so hard. Like, it's hard. so hard to be that strategic planner where I'm always kind of, people call it by the seat of your pants, but I don't. I call it, you know, base, like, heart planning. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's not necessarily, and I also journal and morning pages and bullet journal is my favorite friend. And you can just write out lists what you got to do and then have kind of like an idea in the back of your head what you want to do next. And, and that's pretty much it. And I'm so thankful that you shared this with us. And <laughs> not that, not that don't do that. But like, yes. I feel like we all have our own way of doing things. And right. to be honest, up until this point, I thought I was kind of crazy because I <laughs> see all these mom entrepreneurs having the table filled with sticky notes, all their planners out and a plan, you know, a year in advance. And here I'm sitting like drooling over their beautiful photos. And I'm like, how, can't, how come I can't just do that and oh, follow? We've through? all done it. I mean, this is what I'm saying, angst. I think angst is part of the, I think it is just like, I think it is part of the process. Um, I contributed a chapter um, to a really fabulous book called The Hustle Economy, which I would recommend any of you have a look for. Um, It's a wonderful book about creative entrepreneurship. And 
Um, so many of the writers in that book talked about this sense of creative angst. Um, and it really is part of the process. And handling it, dealing with it, um, is really part of your business plan. It's not a matter of not having it. It's not like when you look at the beautiful Instagram photos, Mm -hmm. those people don't have it. They have it too. Um, They're certainly, they may or may not show it on Instagram. They don't have any obligation to show it. They're feeling it though. And they're, they're working with it. And so, you know, part of being a sane business person is understanding that and not getting down on yourself or feeling that way. But Having structures in your life, whether it's exercise or journaling or having a coach, having, you know, a a mastermind group, having a group of trusted friends that you talk to on a regular basis, you know, to keep processing that. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing. Really important. Oh, that's so beautiful. Okay, I'm going to have to like replay this over and over and over (laughs) again. (laughs) <laughs> so beautifully said, Asha. I really appreciate you. Unfortunately, oh, you. unfortunately, I'm so sad. Our time has come <laughs> to an end and it's it gone by so, so quickly. And before I let you go, I want to talk a little bit about your book and your podcast. that you. Oh, with. thanks. Oh, how exciting. Okay, well, I, I have my book right here. And I almost <laughs> had your book. We just moved and it's packed away in boxes and I'm really, really <laughs> sad, but... Right. Well, Parent Hacks is it's it's available everywhere in the bookstore, Amazon, wherever you like to buy books. It's a really um, I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of the illustrations that are absolutely wonderful. And um, it's a wonderful gift for a new parent, mom or dad, for that matter. And it's just it's both useful and I hope empowering for new parents because it really gets across that idea that you will figure this out and you have something of value to contribute. So and it's it's pretty funny. I have to admit it is. It is. It's a great book. It's an I'm adorable book. It. And if um, if you are watching us now or watching the replay, I'd love for you to post in the comments below and just let me know what were your biggest takeaway from this episode and you will win your own copy of Asha's book, Parent Hacks. Oh, awesome. And come yeah. find me also on our podcast because we, you know, we... Christine and I talk about relationships. We talk about all this stuff um, all the time. And so, you know, look for Edit Your Life um, on your podcast player or visit edityourlifeshow.com. You can live stream from there. It's an amazing podcast. I really love it. Thank I actually you. found, um, what was it? Uh, Wonder? No, it wasn't Wonderless. Was it Wonderlist? Oh, we love Wonderlist. Yes, it was Wonderlist. So I'm like <laughs> look, looking through my apps. I'm like, oh, yes, it is Wonderlist. Yes, it's um, a great app. Yes, it is. So, Asha, again, thank you so much for your time and for being with us today. Thank you. This has been amazing. I'm so, I'm, it's been an honor to be here. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Mompreneur Show. Asha is absolutely an incredible mom, incredible example um, to us, especially me. I feel like we are soul sisters in a way because everything that she's talking about is speaking to my heart. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I can talk to Asha forever. All right. I hope you will join us live next time every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Facebook Live. Thank you.